Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Tyrrell with Clearly Aligned, and I'm here with founder Dr. Stephen Schulk for podcast number four. And today we're going to focus on retainers and retention protocols, um, because if you're not holding, you're shifting. <laughs> 100%. How are you, Dr. Schulk? I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. What have you been up to this last month, last time Ooh, you were traveling? Crazy. Yeah, I just got back from Mexico and then was working the last week. Um, it was good. It was nice to recharge and relax a little bit and see the sun. It was uh, like minus 37 in Grand Prairie. What? Yeah. What? So, yeah. Oh, Lordy. I don't so want to visit went, you anytime yeah, soon. I, I keep I saying back, I'm coming out. but <laughs> I know, right? When I came back from Mexico, it was plus 31 to minus 35 five-ish when I got back so it was like a 66 degree temperature swing oh no yeah no yeah. I don't even know where that kind of gear is I can't I have to wait a little bit longer oh, to yeah. visit, uh, visit you for sure <laughs> come in the summer <laughs> very good yeah I've been traveling to a little bit Montreal and then I went west I love west yeah, I heard that Vancouver yeah um, yeah it's so did fantastic. you have some some sushi in Vancouver are you a sushi fan no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I eat most. I'll eat mostly anything. But no, I don't think we ate sushi. I'll have uh, to put that on my list. I'm coming back out in January. Actually, you have yeah. your, you have your. Um, it's on biomechanics. Yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be foundational systems of Clearliners okay. in January okay. for anybody interested in coming and and checking out the course. Um, yeah, yeah it's going to be a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. So we're going to talk today about um, retainers. Um, and so we'll talk about like the removable retainers, fixed retainers, and maybe some fancy ones for our special clients. Usually those are their mixed dentition or maybe clients who are missing some teeth. Um, but so let's talk about the clearly aligned Dr. Stephen Schulk special that like <laughs> 80 to 90% of your patients, you know, at new patient exam, you just know in your head already, this type of treatment, this is the retainer I'm going to give you. Um, what would that look like? Sure. So it's pretty straightforward to me uh, how we approach it. And again, I'll say the caveat here. There's so many different ways of doing retention. Same thing with orthodontics. It's, it's a creative process. And so there's no right. There's no wrong. There's just different. What we do in our office is most patients, when they're finally like finished everything, they're going to be given a clear retainer, whether it's a Invisalign's Vivero retainers or an Essex retainer um, that you could get from a different lab or whether it's going to be something you make in-house. Mm -hmm. But every patient gets clear removable retainers. I don't just ever do lingual wires because they're not going to help prevent the posterior teeth from shifting and moving. It's not going to help with grinding and wear. Um, and so even if we do lingual wires, they're still going to get um, clear overlay plastic retainers that go over top of those. But 85, 90% of our patients, probably more than that, we, we do just the clear removable retainers. We're not going to be doing uh, lingual wires except in cases. Um, this will probably be a question coming up later. So um, patients with the diastema where they have a thick frenum, you know that that might open back up. So we'll tell them that they might need to get a lingual wire. Uh, patients with a tongue thrust who don't get it corrected, it's not going to stop the tongue from opening the, the open bite again, but at least we'll be able to um, have more anchorage. All those teeth kind of anchored together with a retainer, uh, a wired retainer is going to be helpful, but I'd rather address it at its root cause and try to change the way that they're swallowing by mm -hmm. sending them to a myofunctional therapist. 
mm-hmm. for swallowing but exercises. Yeah, I mean, like but... the belt and suspenders doesn't hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> belt and suspenders in some cases. And then what doesn't come up on the beginning, um, this is something that I'll see kind of later on, is non-compliant teenage patients are usually the ones. Adults in my office, it's like, look, you're an adult. You have the ability to wear a retainer at nighttime to prevent your teeth from going crooked. They can choose to do a lingual wire, but we charge $500 per arch if they want to do a lingual wire extra because it's not included in their base fee. But for uh, teenage patients who are um, really bad, I won't charge for those retainers, but I will go ahead and for my own peace of mind and kind of throw the whole kitchen sink at them, we'll go ahead and do a fixed lingual wire on each arch if possible and then also do an overlay because i don't want the wire to break and then mom and dad are coming back saying hey retreat my horrible kid who was terrible with treatment because that wire broke on christmas day when they had a candy cane and you're not there and because you weren't there that's why we couldn't get it fixed we tried calling your office and so you're responsible that's why i just like having it's a clear removable retainer that goes over top if their teeth shift and move, well, why weren't you wearing your clear removable? Because they're told to wear it every single night, as well as if they ever break a lingual fixed wire that they need to immediately start wearing their um, their their removable retainer until they can come in and get it fixed is our instruction. So, Yeah, it's great. I, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And most patients, I mean, uh, you know, the world, we're all doing aligners or a combination of aligners plus other fancy things. Um, and so people are used to wearing these clear aligners. So it's really not a new learning curve. They're used to it. Um, so I, I, I agree with you. It just may, it makes sense. Everyone's pretty compatible with it. And I mean, we're so Canadian when people come back in the back door for retreats because they haven't been good. It, it's hard because we're like, oh, we try, you know, we, we, we should charge them. You should charge them. It's mm-hmm. their fault. Um, but you know, we're just like, okay, we'll fix that for you. And you, you, you know, you just keep retreating the same patients and you're treating, you're basically teaching them to not wear their retainers because you're their safety net, but totally. you know, it's like going to the gym with your personal trainer, just mm-hmm. because you got chubby again, it's not their fault. You should pay again. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> we probably shouldn't tell our patients quite that your teeth no. have gotten chubby again, but I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think you're spot on what we do a terrible job of as probably general dentist and orthodontist is concluding the relationship, ending the commitment to aligning teeth and keeping teeth straight. And so we're very, very clear with our patients when we reach the end and they get their retainers, we have them sign a very clear consent form, which is available through all the courses, which is really well done, I think, um, that tells them that they're now responsible for their tooth positions. And if things shift or go crooked, I I like to say, I'm handing you the keys of the car. You're responsible for the car. Mm -hmm. And if you end up having your teeth go crooked, then there's going to be a new fee. And they sign a form that says, essentially, I'm completely done with my treatment. I'm completely happy. I recognize that if anything shifts or moves, um, I'm going to be responsible for the cost of treatment again. And that's kind of where we're, we're done. And I think what happened to me in the past is that I didn't really have something that they signed or that I told them like today is the day that you're graduating or getting those keys of the car. And so when something shifted or relapsed, I hadn't concluded that relationship. I was still kind of taking onus of checking over their orthodontic position. Right. 
what I think as a general dentist, which is kind of nice, is that I kind of take the best of both worlds. Um, I want to treat patients the standard of, of, of an orthodontist and finish right. them in, in as ideal occlusion as possible. But I know a lot of orthodontists very frequently follow up for two years or some or even five years of checking retainer checks. To me, I don't. At this point, you have reached the end. You are responsible for your teeth. I have concluded all of my obligations to you. Your teeth are straight. You have retainers. You know how to wear them properly. We're at the end. Um, and so I'm, I'm really happy that we made that change because we very rarely retreat patients now because I think that they know that if they're responsible, like it's clearly off of us, right? then they don't slack. They, they know that like the consequences are going to suck. <laughs> um, and so I can yeah. see, I can see, I mean, you have your, um, separate ortho clinics. You really are like an orthodontist. It's very separate. So they're not seeing you. And then, you know, for GPs who are treating in their office and you have their recalls coming in, I can see how it's like, yeah, I'm, you're, I'm checking everything and oh yeah, that tooth is out of place. And okay, I'll get that <laughs> one for you. And it's such, it's so hard because we're just so nice and likable and we're trying it's to, true. you know, <laughs> constantly keep them, you know, happy and, and whatnot. But yeah, I, I, I agree. You really have to call it. The end of treatment is that debond day, even if you do follow up. So obviously in ortho specialty, we do follow up a lot of times. It used to be for two years. Now we've shrunk it down to a year because we're like out the door too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, just because we're following you doesn't mean we're responsible for you all the way along. We just are just double checking our work. Yeah. We're documenting it just in case uh, your retainer breaks and you didn't notice. We're just trying yeah. to catch, catch that a little bit. Um, but again, I think that's maybe possibly trending out as well. I, I do see some changes over the last uh, eight years or so mm -hmm. with ret retention protocols and uh, just how we're tracking people. And I think maybe it's because, yeah, is, is it on us or is it on you? We have to transfer that for sure. Totally. And along with that, um, yeah, the the protocols we had previously, you make a really good point because we function pretty much like an ortho clinic now at this point, since I don't do general dentistry. In the past, the way that I would get around that, um, because I would still see all my recall patients in the general dentistry side, is, like you said, um, setting those kind of clear definitions of when they're done. What we would do is we would have something built into our consent that would have a certain fee for retreatment, and it might be like $1,400. So let's say a lower incisor popped crooked, and I still do get this. I won't charge them the entire cost, especially if it was it hasn't relapsed to its original spot. And if the case is still open, I'm not paying more for the case. So it's actually not a terrible moneymaker, but we will charge them usually like 1400 bucks or something for okay. a batch of trays. And then we'll make sure that they know that they also have to pay the cost of the Iveras. Um, however much we charge, we just charge them our cost. So it'll be somewhere like 14 to 1800 bucks once they pay for the Viveras. But if it's a patient who's been a long-term patient mm -hmm. and they have three kids that are going to go into treatment, and they've left us a five-star review and they're an awesome patient, we'll use our discretion. And then we'll yeah. often still retreat for no charge. But if it's someone who is very challenging throughout the entire treatment wow. and we don't really want to retreat them, then they're getting charged the entire amount. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Or the entire yeah, 14 uh, the, the few like ortho offices I tend to stay where I am, so I haven't hopped around that much, but in the few offices that I've been at, um, 
when we do charge uh, retreats, um, it really doesn't matter if it's fixed or, or aligners. But again, the case has been open because it's been five years that just changed. So we got to be a little bit more careful with who we say, yes, we can get you another batch of aligners <laughs> too. So check your date first, <laughs> excuse yourself and check how much time you have to order some more aligners. But um, yeah, typically it's like, you know, five, five to eight hundred dollars uh, Canadian, obviously, um, just for those patients. And again, you're right. Like there's, there's patients where we're like, oh, we'll get this one. Or you try to get away with it with an express eight fails every time. Or the other thing. Yeah. Don't do the express don't eight. Do that. <laughs> but what you do, what you can do is talk to your rep. If you have a good relationship, yeah. I don't think a line is trying to like make money off of people feeling crappy no. or any aligner company. Um, they don't want you to have a patient pay for treatment twice. And for the patient to like go and bad mouth the line and bad mouth their doctor. No. I would just go and um, ask your rep is, can you open this again for no charge, yeah. even though we're past the time frame? Do GPs, um, do GPs, do you guys have that access to that subscription service, that saga? Oh, no, you don't? No. Yeah. Don't what, you? What oh, Kelly's you talking about. That. Yeah. Is orthos right now can get a subscription where you commit to a certain number of aligners that or aligners or retainers. Yeah. And you can pay per aligner or retainer and it comes out to be less. But yeah, you need to commit so it's to like been around. Um, I know my office used it for the last few years. Um, and so basically, we the thing is, you have to buy them up front. So we would yeah. guesstimate. We only typically used it for retainers, but we would guesstimate how many we'd use. So we need 600 retainers in the next like four months. Mm -hmm. And you use them or lose them. But it is kind of, you know, it's it's a good deal. Yeah. It's it's cheaper than, and we would do single arch Viveras. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you use them or lose them. But again, you can also use them for aligners. And I, there's a magical number. You, you can't get 15. You can get like less than eight, let's say. So yeah. otherwise you would do a package deal. But anyways, um, well, maybe that'll be coming your way soon. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> Here Kelly is telling us about all the things we can't have. No. Sorry. No, it's okay. I think the reality is the volume needed in order for this deal. Like you'd have to commit to being oh, yeah. like, we, we want to have, because you could do it with the liners too now, but you'd have to say like, I want to commit to 500 uh, or it was usually a monthly subscription. So you'd say 500 aligners slash retainers per month at a unit cost of, I don't know, $16 or $20 or $25 per aligner. And there's a break even point. So if you're going to do a comprehensive case, or if you're just doing like 20 patients every six months with retainers and Viveras, it, it, yeah. it still would come out in your benefit to not have this monthly subscription. Yeah, of how many you, you need to be you a big user, like, yeah. you know, platinum diamond plus you're really getting through yeah. them. Um, then it makes sense. And even for big offices, um, you know, our, our office was Diamond Plus. Sometimes we got caught up in it. We, you know, we over, we you overbought over, it's bad, the yeah. bulk. It's like yeah. going to Costco, you overdo it and you end up throwing yeah. out half the food. So yeah. at, like December, <laughs> you're like four for you, four for you. Yeah. Who wants free retainers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, so for your removables, what are your instructions? That's super important because we all have kind of different instructions on how long to wear, uh, sure. you know, debonded today and what's their instructions. Well, let me take it back a step and then okay. I'll have the instructions because what we do is completely different, I think, than anybody. Like we created this um, with... Um, with some, okay. there were some providers that were doing this to a small degree, but I think we've taken it to a different level. What we do is we don't go right from the treatment phase to the retention phase as like a set. This is the line in the sand. What's really cool about aligners is that you can kind of blend together the retention and the treatment phase. 
So let's say somebody has a, a slight posterior open bite. An ortho traditionally might go ahead and say, you know, let's go ahead and bond on lingual wires or a GP, whoever's treating it. Mm -hmm. And then let's let those teeth settle over time. And the posterior open bite is just going to naturally drift closed over the next six months. So we'll do lingual wires. They might do Essexes or theoretically just a holly, but something that lets the teeth drift down together. What we want to do with our, what we call our temporary retainer protocol, or you might hear me call it the active retainer protocol, is we've paid for our aligners. We have as many as we want with our um, uh, unlimited um, uh, purchase with a line, or you need to know what product you've purchased from whatever aligner company, but we know that we have more batches of aligners as, as needed. And so what we'll do is when we get to the point where we think that we no longer need attachments on the teeth, we want to go ahead and, and, and tighten up the contacts settle any posterior open bite or any minor things that are still needing to be adjusted. Maybe there's one tooth that just needs an extra little kick of rotation. And so what we'll do is we'll order aligners. We'll order Invisalign aligners without any attachments. So we'll tell the technician, no attachments, please. And we'll order six months worth. And so patients are now told that they're going into their retainers full-time for six months. But full-time doesn't mean um, 24 hours a day. It means Take them out when you're having breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can leave them out for a couple hours. I pretty much want them to be on their teeth maybe like 18 hours a day, 20 hours a day, somewhere in that time frame that they should always fit properly. But their, their teeth are going to start to settle in terms of the bite. It's going to even out. So they're, if you looked at their teeth before you did this, they'd probably only be biting on maybe like five contacts on their teeth. But when you look at the end of this batch of six months of trays, because you're moving the teeth with the aligners, and you're letting the natural, just let's call it gravity of the teeth, just the natural yeah. super eruption occur. And so you'll come back and they'll have said six months prior, I feel like I'm only biting on these four teeth. And then six months later, you look at it and it's like, oh, perfect. We've got contacts on every tooth or every tooth that we want, or maybe we still have to adjust a little bit. This, the reasons why we did that was also that we had patients who would finish up their treatment. They'd be ready for their retainers. We'd get them Viveras. And then they'd go for a hygiene check and a recall four months later when it was when they were due. And they'd have some cavities or a crown or something that was needed. And then we'd say, okay, well, who's paying for these retainers now? We need to get a new set. Well, there's no more warranty on the Viveras because it's been more than a month. Yeah. So is the patient paying again after their crown? Or are we eating the cost? And so this gives time using these aligners as retainers for you to do all the restorative. Also, what happens is someone with retainers, you probably all have seen this before, they go on, uh, if you're not doing um, lingual wires, they go on vacation or they go somewhere for the weekend, they forget their yeah. retainers. When they come back, the retainers are so stiff that yeah. they try to jam them in and they only go on three quarters of the way because their teeth relapse very quickly. With the aligners used as retainers, they have flexibility to them. There's forgiveness in them. And so the time when the teeth try to relapse the most is right when you finish moving them. So this gives six months to kind of stabilize them with a more flexible quote unquote retainer is what we tell the patients. Um, but then after that, you can go ahead and move them now once they're finished their six months, then if they were slacking off a little bit or something happened, they usually recognize that and then they'll wear their aligners really well to make sure that they fit before they come back at their six month appointment. Because we mm -hmm. tell them wherever your teeth are at that six months appointment is where we get your final retainers to. So make sure you okay. wear these enough. 
Sometimes every once in a while you'll have someone who slipped and you need to order them another batch of these temporary retainers just to kick back a, a tooth again. But for the most part, uh, it's not a problem. Okay. And so the benefits are we settle the bite. We make any tiny little movements happen if it's not perfect. We also tighten up contacts. Okay. So we floss yeah. the teeth. And anywhere mm-hmm. that there's loose contacts, then we go ahead and we, we just um, we use some fake IPR. And what yeah. I mean by that is we tell the technicians, you know this already, but for everybody. Point two, don't do. <laughs> um, Someone's trademarked that, and I swear it's mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, exactly what Kelly's saying. You end up, so we do more than just point two. Normally what I do is we floss the teeth and, and this is my protocol. So this is a good one to write down if anybody's wondering for just how I do it. Um, and then I'll ask Kelly what, what you do too. But we floss. If the, the contact is really light, we have them do 0.2 millimeters of IPR between that contact that we don't do. Hence Kelly's statement. 0.2 don't do. Um, if it's point, uh, if, if we floss, and it's no longer just a light contact, but it's a complete, what I call an air ball, where you miss, like, it looks like it's closed, the contact, but it's an air ball. Yeah. Then 0.3 millimeters yeah. of fake IPR. And if you visibly can see space between the teeth, then I do 0.4 millimeters or more of fake IPR. Yeah, that's a, that's that's good. I, um, I've never really thought about that, point, point 0.3 for sure. But yeah, if you can really look through, because... Honestly, you you want overclosure. That's basically what you're asking for more more than you need. Um, so that that's fantastic. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, how would you ask the technicians for these active liners? So, I mean, if there's a little three three that needs to be tucked in, we we know how to ask for those little rotations. But how do you get your six months worth? What's your sure. verbiage? Yeah. So uh, it goes. We go through it way more in the course. So like it's all written out, and you can just copy right. and paste it there. Got to um, get to the course. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a little, again, I've tried not to hold anything back from anybody listening, but sometimes it's hard to verbally explain something in a one hour or 45 minute yeah. podcast. But the main things are, is we have limitations to how much the technicians are allowed to move the teeth. So we won't let them do like crazy movements. It's mostly allowing them just to settle the teeth into full contact. So we tell them we want perfect occlusion at the end, but we want to limit the amount of root movements. So no root movements on the teeth. Rotations are allowed up to five degrees and extrusions are allowed um, because we're letting the kind of the natural super eruption occur. It's not actually the trays extruding the teeth, but so extrusions are really only allowed in the posterior for a posterior open bite. We don't extrude anterior teeth. Um, And then what I tell them is I'd like to have 11 active aligners and four passive. Okay. So those 11 active then what it means is that patients change every two weeks. And so if you have 15 aligners and they change every two weeks, that's 30 weeks. So we bring them back at the uh, 26 week mark, which would be essentially 13 aligners in. So whenever my patients come in, we book them so that you're finished with your treatment of actively moving most of the teeth. And we take off all your attachments. We take off all your buttons, no elastics, nothing like that. Now we go ahead and we book you back immediately for six months out. It's in the schedule. It's booked. We order those aligners. So just tighten up the contacts. We give them 15 of them that they pick up at the front desk. And so by the time they come back, they're usually coming in. They're on tray 13. They have two more to hold them. We uh, scan them up, take their final pictures, and then we order them their Viveras or their Essex or whatever it's going to be that we're finishing with at that point. Okay, awesome. And yeah, then I think it's good. for yeah. usage and where uh, we just tell them brush with water and your toothbrush. Okay. You asked before, what are our instructions for patients who are in their actual final Viveris? 
Because then at right. that point, now we say to them, it's time for you to go into your final vivaris, your, your final retainers. And we tell them that they can wear their retainers anywhere. We're different. We're not trying to make money on our retainers. I, no. I know some practices, it's not wrong for sure, but you could say to patients, please um, change them every year. And you have four years worth. We just tell them, I tell them, look, I had my retainers when I was a teen for like 10 years for two of them. Yeah. Like they can yeah. last a really long time, but you have to take care of them. So I tell them, change out your retainers. Uh, first, for the, if you do the four viveras, let's just talk that yeah. protocol. If you do four viveras, I tell them, wear each vivera for one month. So um, wear it until it breaks in, just like if you want to break in uh, tires, right? And we're rotating okay. the tires. Then once you get past a month and they're all broken in, wear each one for one year. Okay. Then change to the number two number three, number four. And after those four years, if they're still in good shape, go back to number one and cycle through again. And you oh. can keep doing that. And once you've broken them or lost them or they're too gross and you're down to only two remaining, yeah. I don't ever want you to get down to only one left. So when right. you're down to two and they're getting both pretty gross and kind yeah. of on their last legs, you let us know, we'll get you more. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yep. That's good. I like the breaking in because even though um, Invisalign plastic is very... Um, forgiving and it's comfortable i have i have them or whatever um you know it's like a new pair of shoes uh, it, it, it's great if you can break it in and recycle never thought about that there's my and, pearl of the day well, and what why we did it is because this retainer protocol had been going so great but then people would come back at year one or year two or year three and they'd say dr shock my teeth have shifted i just put in my new retainer and my old one fits perfectly and this one still fits perfectly but it's so tight and you told me tightness in my retainer means my teeth are shifting. Yeah. And I'm really worried that something shifted. And it's like, oh, no, it's just because it's new plastic. And that's why if you can break them all in first, we went from probably three or four people, not a lot, but three yeah. or four people out of 100 coming in saying my teeth have shifted. And then you have to walk them off the ledge because they're the type A really yeah. stressed patients. Yeah. And no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Instead, it was like, why don't we just get them to break them in? And then now nobody ever comes back saying, yeah. like, my retainers are too tight. My teeth shifted. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we used to do a similar with your, like, kind of active retainers for our mixed dentition because um, we did a lot of mixed dentition phase one to phase two. Um, so we would order um, 12, a set of uh, 12 upper and lowers. Um, they would change once a month and growing kids. And, of course, you're watching for these erupting. We're going to talk about some of these fancy um fancy, fancier things that you can do. Um, but using your retainers that you already ordered, these are just basically your aligners that you've already ordered and just being a bit more creative with them. But uh, that works really, really well. And uh, now these kids, this is a little bit different. Um, they just would wear them at night, like after school at night, um, because we didn't trust our children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for no, the whole no, don't don't have your... Don't you know, continue on. No, they get burnt nice. out. Yes. Yeah. And it's phase one. The world's not yeah. going to end if they no. relapse a little bit. We're not trying to get any phase ones to perfection. We're just trying to hold, hold steady. So, mm -hmm. um, but I do like that idea a lot and, and, you know, using what you've already purchased in the softer plastic to, to get what you can out of it. Yeah. Um, so mixed dentition, I know, um, on your uh, Facebook site, that was definitely a question, um, what are some creative solutions uh, that you use particularly for erupting premolars? It's always the premolars or canines that are coming in a little bit later and how to navigate that. Sure. Um, again, selfish, 
selfless plug here that the mixed mm -hmm. dentition courses yeah. um, really go through a lot of aspects. Like there's a good hour and a half, two hours of content just on retainers and, and how to like transition these kids. Um, so I'll only be able to give a surface overview. But yeah, just, the, yeah, just a little. Sure, totally, little. yeah, yeah, totally. Sure. So here's my surface overview. When teeth are falling out and, and, and new teeth are coming in, what you have to know is that retainers are going to stop fitting at some point or aligners, if you're using those as your retainers, things are going to stop fitting and that's totally okay. The key is, is that if you have, uh, this is why I like doing comprehensive cases mm -hmm. on these kids, because once their teeth stop, uh, their aligners stop fitting because a premolar is erupting into the primary first molar position, then you go ahead and you just rescan them and get them a new one. But the mm -hmm. teeth that most frequently cause the trays to stop fitting is not, I'm just going to refer to them as the C's or primary canines. D's are uh, first, first primary molars and E's are the second uh, molars. And for anybody from the States listening, that's how we in Canada yeah. refer to things. And then... <laughs> so <laughs> um, catch up to us for once. Yeah. For once we're on this side. Yeah, so the C's, for example, the canines, the primary canines, when they exfoliate, we want to make sure that we've created more room around those primary canines. So that um, when the permanent canine erupts, it usually doesn't cause the tray to stop fitting. The Ds, or the first molars, primary molars, when those fall out, the new premolars are wider in width, buccalingually, than mm -hmm. the primary first molars, the yeah. Ds. And so you often find that the trays stop fitting when the first premolars erupt. The second premolars, when they um, start coming in, they're coming into the E position, the second molars, primary molars. Mm -hmm. And those teeth are huge. So you've got lots of room in the trays. So really it's mostly when the fours erupt into the, the D position, the first premolars into the primary first molar position, that's when the trays stop fitting. So if you have a, a comprehensive case started, then you just go ahead and, and you just do a new aligner, a new batch of them. But what you can do if you don't, and you, you, you've tried, you've done your 12 um, aligners like Kelly said, that are just holding the position, but then a year later they come in and things aren't fitting. You can do something called a modified throw. And what the modified throw is, is it's an, essentially an Essex. So if you get made an Essex, and let's say we're talking about the top first, and it covers the palate, then what you do is you actually cut out the canines, first premolars, and second premolars, or, or primary molars, um, those positions so that those teeth don't have any plastic covering them. So it only covers the first molars and then the incisors. You don't need right. any attachments on the teeth on the upper. And then that's just gonna give space for those teeth to erupt. On the lower, you can't have it going across the floor of the mouth. So you have to have like, it almost looks like a partial denture where yeah. it's again gonna cover the, the first molars and then it's gonna cover the lower incisors, but it's gonna kind of run down in the vestibule mm -hmm. um, and that like the lingual, I should say, the, the, I don't know if you call it a vestibule then. It would be on the lingual oh. side between the tongue uh, on that um, alveolar ridge. That's where the plastic for the thickness of the Essex is going to run. And so all those teeth can fall out and then erupt without hitting the plastic and causing the tray to stop fitting. Right. Yeah. So that, that's similar. Um, I, I've never actually ordered a throw like from a lab or made one in-house, but I, I super love it. Um, that, it's a that's much more retentive mm -hmm. than if um, if you did 
let's say I had my 12 aligners that they're changing, whether it's every two weeks or a month, doesn't matter, however many I've ordered. Um, and we would cut sunroofs basically yeah. um, with our little hole puncher, you know, if they thing, came yeah. in. Now we're ortho, so we're checking them often, right? Where we have a protocol to check our growth and development club. And so we're punching sunroofs and letting these teeth erupt because the last thing you want to do is prevent eruption, right? Yes. We need these to be able to come in. But if you have a like these Thoreau's, whether you have the, you have the sunroofs already built in, on the top and then the strapping it's like train tra nice train tracks on either side uh, yeah. of these teeth that are erupting it's 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 long lasting and it's one appliance um that that lasts and allows the eruption so i i love that i'd love to be able to make it myself yeah. the downside or our liner companies to yeah. get on board for us <laughs> the downside is is that on the lower it seems to break it'll last for a while but like the one patient we just saw like she's two years after she was only a phase one so okay. we made one right off the bat for her It made it a year and then it broke. And then we made her like more and then it's been a year and then it breaks. So it seems to still break every year or so. So it's not perfect. I do okay. know, um, Terry Coddington, um, yeah. who's a, a fantastic lecturer, um, in San Francisco and Hawaii. Um, he's a general dentist too. If you ever have a chance to hear him speak, he's amazing. Um, we were just talking about this the other week that, um, he heard of a protocol and is, is starting to use this protocol where you just do a lingual wire on the lower lateral to lateral on the lowers. Yeah. Um, and then on the uppers, same thing, just, you could do that if there's enough overjet and they don't bite on the wire. Yeah. And then that will go ahead and stay cemented until you start the phase two. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. also an option. And, and parents, um, like that, I did that to my own daughter, but I tend to be a little overkill because I have access to all the tools. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, you get everything. <laughs> You can have this and this and this, yeah. you can have it all. Um, but no, I mean, really, we know when we're doing phase one, we're setting up the parking lot and the bigger picture and the function. We, it, it orthos anyways, we don't get caught up in the tooth position. No, Sometimes yeah. we don't even touch the front teeth. Like we really are, we do the expander yeah. um, and we, we don't even tidy up the front teeth. But, you know, moms and parents are seeing the upper centrals. And they're like, are you done? Are you sure you're done? Like yeah. that was, um, so I, I think it's a nice added bonus without, you know, you don't want the roots to bump into each other. So we have to be very careful with our growing kids. But um, if you're lining up the front teeth, it doesn't hurt to place a temporary little tacked on lingual wire to hold things steady. Mm -hmm. And then if you have your removable on top that they can wear like pajamas for their teeth, fantastic. Um, but yeah, that helps. And you're, you're right, like lowers, it would be lateral to lateral. Most of the time they don't yeah. have these canines yet. Um, and then that kind of leads us into like fixed retainers for when, when, and if we do decide to use them, cause they still are popular, like in ortho specialty, um, I am seeing a trend towards more just removables, um, for the majority of cases. Um, and then of course, for the diastema cases, tongue thrusting and in certain special cases or patients who demand them, um, we still glue them, but there seems to be a trend towards just doing removable, putting the onus on the patient. Um, and also it's it's easy to clean, it's easy to take care of, and it's it's a lot less chair time for emergencies um, and whatnot. So there's a variety of reasons that it's trending that way. Um, but sometimes we do have to place a fixed wire. And um, I've also seen the trend where it used to be you know, a stainless steel wire that we very meticulously had to wire bend because it needs to be passive, but also mm -hmm. fit into all those little Mm -hmm. curvatures and you know interdental spaces so that was quite an art oh it's very stressful doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the morning yourself. if you had like an on-the-spot debon i'd be like literally yeah. like oh, <laughs> had to be so per perfect 
So we would only bond that to the canines though, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, the, the wire bending was harder, but the bonding was a little bit easier. Right. Um, and I think it was kind of in, in combination when Invisalign kind of took over. Invisalign was mostly adults to start off with. So I don't know if it, that was the reason we started to bond every single lower teeth, tooth. Mm -hmm. But now we typically bond every single tooth, three to three on the lower and two to two on the top, um, irregardless of age, whether they're 10 and they're finished or they're 80 and they're mm -hmm. finished. Everyone gets uh, this bonded to every single tooth. Um, and so now it's not so much a stainless steel rigid wire. It's more of a flexible, often mm -hmm. braided, but not always yeah. braided yeah. round or flat wire. Um, sometimes gold, gold chains or little links that are very super passive. You're really mm -hmm. just flowing it or dripping it on the teeth and tacking it on um, because you don't want it to be active because an mm -hmm. active wire will undo your work and, and push it into a different position. Um, and it's, it seems pretty easy, you know, bonding things on, but, um, you know, your wire is only as strong as, um, or as good as the person who's bonding it and their isolation mm -hmm. techniques totally. and, or the patient who is yep. a nail biter, <laughs> a, a, you know, a pencil yep. biter or just well, crazy. And you're, crazy. it's interesting you say that. Cause I did my ortho when I was 13, they ended up bonding on a lingual wire, but only to canine to canine, no Ooh. laterals on the lower. And my teeth shifted within, even with the wire on, they shifted within a couple months and okay. the lower incisors were all crooked. And I didn't really know, I didn't say anything to my mom really about how it bothered me, but I kind of no. thought like, Hmm, that was a bit of a waste of like, I don't know why yeah. they did this retainer. Cause it didn't really do anything effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it didn't have full coverage around the entire tooth to, to grip it in 360 degrees instead of just grabbing it on the ling or not even grabbing it, just having something passive on the lingual. Well, it, my teeth just kind of flared up to the buckle a little bit and then turned. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I, I, I do like, um, I mean, I mean, I'm just so used to bonding, bonding the yeah. wires. And we always do a uh, removable over top, uh, even yeah. when we yeah. bond the wires, obviously. And I think um, that's um, interesting because what since we do it the same way and, and I, I would always recommend that I wouldn't ever just do a lingual, um, no. because the number of people come in saying that it's broken. Um, oh, yeah. and then their teeth have shifted and then you're dealing with that. Um, but then a lot of times the adults will say, well, if, if I have to wear this over top anyways at nighttime, what's the point of the lingual wire? And I let them yeah. come to that conclusion on their own. And then I say, that's a really good point. Why don't we just get you four removable retainers? You have to wear them. If you don't, your teeth are going to go crooked, but they're also going to protect you from grinding and wear. Yeah. And so once yeah. they realize that, that it all works, like it's not that the wires don't work. It's not that the Viveras or Essexes don't work. Yeah. It's just what falls in best with what you're wanting to accomplish. So we still will have adults that will bond lingual wires for, cause they'll say, I'm willing to pay the extra money for it. We just mm -hmm. found that the hassle of needing to deal with the, um, rebonding them yeah. and breakage and all of those aspects. That's why we yeah. said we're going to charge more. And then if the patients really want it, then they can, they can still get it. Exactly. And I mean, some patients, they, they know themselves. They're just, they're, they probably weren't the <laughs> they best know. They know. to begin with. Yeah. They just don't have that, whatever They, they it barely is. made it over the finish line as yeah, is. And they know. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's just like a belt and suspenders. It's a little bit extra yeah. and, and if they're paying for it, then, then all good. Totally. Um, so yeah, compliance, obviously, uh, you know, we're kind of taking that off their, out of their hands a, a little bit. Um, but it is harder to, to clean and floss. I'm a hygienist. I don't floss my retainer every day. Forget it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not full disclosure. <laughs> we get the uh, real it's a thing. 
and, oh, and there yeah. are some there are some like really fancy like um 3d ones where you can scan and, and you know they're all beautifully scalloped and some people are putting like their little logo on it so like every time you bond their wire it would be like ss stephen shulk do you oh, got this interesting. <laughs> so there's some cool stuff out there yeah. um but you know it, it's one of those things yeah they're, totally. they're, yeah whatever so, so fixed wires. Um, yeah. So again, we do, uh, we do fixed wires for diastema closures, especially if you have a heavy freenum, but even with any big diastema, um, we tend to just lock that in just in case, even if it's a one-to-one, -one, you can do, you can just bend a little V retainer. It doesn't have to be all four. You yeah. can just bend yeah. a little V, um, that works out well. Um, and, uh, you know, our open bites, let's go to open bites, open bites to retain open bites. You can do your best, but oftentimes it just, it's, it's so uh, yeah, hard. I can show you a dozen patients with fixed retainers who didn't fix their tongue habit after their braces and yeah. they've got open bites and they've literally got their lingual wires cemented the day that they finished yeah. because you can't cement all the teeth in a retainer, no. in a lingual wire. And so those four teeth still intruded and flared out on both the upper and lower arch. And so they still have an open bite even with the retainer. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, because these fixed retainers are mostly passive and flexible, which is, is what we want. Um, but as those teeth kind of open up and again, um, removables are super important for open bites. Um, that's what's protecting your work to keep that flare in. Mm -hmm. um, they're fighting the tongue. So sometimes yeah. we still yeah. lose, even if they're like, yeah, I wear it every night, mm -hmm. trust them because they probably are. But sometimes it opens up anyways. It happens to us all. It's yeah. not, not like our treatment plan wasn't good. It's just, this is just life totally <laughs> um, but as those teeth procline and flare forward that wire just stretches it's like like a pipe cleaner or like a piece of toffee it just stretches with it mm. it looks beautiful it's all completely bonded on there yeah. <laughs> but somehow you have a completely different bite it's yeah, crazy yeah. oh totally or the other thing i see too is someone with a tongue habit if they put enough pressure on the wire over time and they're pushing with their tongue the braiding on the wire can start to come undone and yeah. i'll see like a canine that's just kicked way to the buckle yeah. And I've actually seen some pretty serious recession and, and gingival problems just because that wire started to unbraid and then it actually became active, which yeah. again, to Kelly's point of not wanting things to be active. Exactly. Um, okay. So we talked about open bites and like removables and fixed and when we should use both. And that would be an example of using both. Um, so what about, so let's just get back to our removables because now we can add like fancy things to our removables like bite ramps. Um, you can leave attachments on in, in creative cases where you just need a little bit more retention. So it's not going to hurt to leave a couple big anchors on the back to clip them in. Sometimes mixed dentition, we do that type of thing. Um, but yeah, when in what situations would you keep bite ramps on your retainers, if ever? Sure. If you've corrected the overjet, let's say somebody has a huge overjet of five millimeters. The bite ramps are only three millimeters. If you're putting them on the incisors, they're only going to be three millimeters in, in thickness buccalingually. So they can't have a huge overjet or you're just going to be forcing the bottom jaw backwards mm -hmm. um, or put them on the canines, but you still need to make sure your canines don't have a big overjet. But right. assume they don't have a big overjet and they're a deep bite patient, we would put them probably on the majority of our retainers if they started with a deep bite. Um, I have heard before, like, put them on everything, but does it make sense to put bite ramps on someone who doesn't have a, a, a heavy bite? I mean, maybe it doesn't hurt, I guess, if they were an open bite patient, it might help try to keep their tongue away from the tongue thrust. Mm -hmm. But in the mo for the most part, we kind of target it towards the patients who are strong muscled, have a deep bite. Um, they are a really great thing to use. And so yeah. 
Um, we we utilize those in adult cases. And you mentioned a good point. In some cases, you can leave attachments on your retainers. So let's say you had a lower premolar that's super, super rotated, and you just yeah. spent the last two years getting that stupid round tooth <laughs> straight. And now you put them into Viveras, and you've done this just before, unravels. and it just... Psh, goes right back. So if you leave an attachment on that tooth, it can work like a handle just to kind of like yeah. how you put your cement on your wire. It's just, you don't have a wire. The yeah. problem is though, a line actually does not let you with Viveras leave any attachments on. I have fought with them kicking and screaming um, so many times on so many cases where I said, this tooth will relapse with the Viveras yeah. if you don't let me leave that attachment on. But they protocols... won't leave, let you scan over it and leave it on? Nope. They'll tell me oh, that. Oh, sorry, they have I shouldn't have brought that up yeah. then. But on my software, we can add. We yeah, can add in. That's why. That's why you use. If you have to do that, use someone other than Align. Don't use the Viveras. If you want to leave an attachment on, you can use your local lab, or you can use ULab, or you can use really anybody mm -hmm. who uh, fabricates Align retainers other than Align. And I've told them this. So, um, but I've, but so if you scan over it though, it doesn't just pick it up as an anatomy like a weird cusp. They know because it's a retinue. Yeah, they automatically remove anything that. I don't and understand I told why them, they would care. I know it's. I don't think. I think it's that their software has so many integrated, like automated processes, um, that it's yeah. just automatically. Um, Maybe it has its own pathway it. for the Viveras. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. Huh. Okay, well, that's good to know. I, I didn't really realize I didn't realize that. And what about, so I'm getting all my products confused now. I used to only know one product. <laughs> now I'm confusing myself. So can you can you leave your elastic and window cutouts on Viveras to um, continue elastics no, like at night? No, you'd have to go ahead and you'd have to actually punch them if you wanted them. Uh, to my understanding, I could be wrong. So anybody okay. who... I'm I know sure bite rants are good. I know yeah, bite, bite I know we're okay with bite rants with the Veras, which is super common. Now, when you're doing, but when you're doing your, um, these bite ramps, let's go back to that. So circle back when you're doing your bite ramps, this is your active aligners. Um, these would be, well, bite ramps on active, but you can put your bite ramps on your Viveras as well. But so, your Viveras, you only, do you have them sleep in or is that like a full-time situation? So good question. Um, when they're getting their Viveras and we give them those and I say, here's the keys to the car, you're in charge, you're yeah. responsible, yada, yada. Um, I tell them, you need to wear your retainers as much as you need to based on what your teeth tell you. So listen okay. to your teeth. If it's really tight, you yeah. have to wear them full-time, maybe another six months. I know some orthos that will have their patients wear Viveras for one full year for every single case. I think that's maybe a bit overkill, but I also know some that will never have their patients wear them. Yeah. I, I've done that before in the past and I just went to nighttime and then I had some that didn't turn out as good. So yeah. I really like that six months is kind of our baseline of wearing the um, active retainers or temporary retainers. And then once we get past that point, then I tell them you need to listen to your teeth. You've gone through treatment. You know when your trays feel tight. If they're yeah. tight, you need to wear them more. But you're responsible for that because you know I don't know if it feels tight or how it's looking, so you're in charge. Okay. And so like some that. patients will then say to me when we follow up with them at like regular den dental recalls, they'll say, yeah, I had to wear them for like an extra month or two months till they didn't feel so tight every time. Um, okay. And then other people will be like, oh yeah, no, I went straight into nighttime and it was great. And so if they're just, when they get to just the nighttime or if you just ordered, let, let, let's say um, they're, they're just wearing them at nighttime and they have bite ramps on them, it's not really doing anything, right? Because like, unless you're a clencher. Yeah, it's just pretty much trying to help. It's not actually going to actively intrude the teeth or anything. It's just okay. using their occlusion. So rather than having their occlusion focus on their posterior teeth and they're yeah. intruding those teeth through okay. the heavy, heavy bite, instead 
they're hitting and so they're they're actually doing a little bit of intrusion on their anterior teeth okay. or at least preventing their posterior teeth from being intruded okay if they do if they do close them during sleeping okay yeah, all right that, yeah. that was good yeah um so that's great so bite rants um i know like uh, for retainers and again i guess I'm starting to wonder what how I was doing this before I, I discovered um, ULAB, but we did used to have a protocol and maybe I was doing active aligners like you or mixed dentition. I think it was for some of our adults too, though, and maybe we were hand punching. Um, but yeah, we did right. say the elastics you know, your elastics at night, just, you know, just for that extra, you've done all this work for two years. Mm -hmm. Let's not, you know, relapse. And they were good with that because it was only at night. We weren't, um, yeah. you know, holding them hostage too much. Yeah. So that worked really well. And, and for me, what I'll usually do is if it's a class three patient who I know still has growth, those are the ones that I'm most likely to continue running elastics, whether it's something okay. tray to tray or we leave a button cut out and we cut out around it manually. Um, okay. Because, you know, some of those class three patients, they, they're, they're late growers. They continue to grow. Yes. And so if you finish at like 14 and you know that they've got a lot of growth left, then yeah. you might want to just go ahead and have something in there where they continue gentle elastics and you follow up every year just to make sure they don't jump over that because you're kind of fighting yeah. that growth. But usually the class two patients, their maxilla has kind of finished its growth and the mandible, yeah. we know that the chin continues to grow still later than the maxilla. And so if they were a little bit class two-y and you're, you're kind of feeling like they're, right? But you know that normally their jaw is going to keep growing a little bit more still than their maxilla. And so for that class three, we're, we're kind of coming to the end here, but for the class three patient that you finish, they look gorgeous and, you know, you're, maybe you're continuing your elastics, you know, how you end up getting that space distal to the three, four, uh, like they're, they're just still growing and we're fighting that. Um, do you do anything special for that? Or do you order another set or, um, like you've seen that, right? Where the class three, like they're finished, there was no spaces for sure. And then they come back for like three or six months check and all of a sudden there's spaces and you're like, oh crap, they're still growing. And you know, you're constantly trying yeah. to fight them. Well, yeah, if the lower jaw is still growing and it's pushing against the upper teeth, um, they'll start getting some gapping on their top teeth because it's pushing the maxilla forward. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's not something that with the like aligner or the retainers, like Viveras as the retainers, I don't find it to be um, nearly as much of an issue because you've got that 360 wrap around every tooth. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, that would be kind of the main thing. Plastic. Yeah, okay. I think that it's when you start having the wires, you notice that, that the teeth distal to the wire is the one that starts to get a gap between it because their bite is forcing those teeth further forward. And then the other thing is you might need to do some IPR if you're noticing that on cases, you might need a little bit of IPR because the, you need to have uh, the Bolton corrected. And so if okay. their bite is heavy in the anterior and the Bolton wasn't corrected, that can also be a cause of what you're describing. Right. It's just going to correct itself one way or another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the body has awesome. an amazing ability to kind of find its, its final position. <laughs> Well, I think, um, I think that's great. So, I mean, there, there are so many options for retainers and I mean, there, there are other things your local lab can make you Hollies, which is, you know, basically built in sunroofs and little springs for those teeth that kind of get away from you. So there's a lot of creative options and you can put, you know, your own logos and things like that, but, um, keeping it simple and with the, the clear aligners, retainers that we're already used to, that just makes sense. It's kind of streamlined. Yeah. Um, and I think the the same thing, setting your patient up for success um, and the parents, get the parents involved just with, you know, educating them, like, how do your teeth feel? You know how this is, you know, put put the discipline and the onus, the, you know, yeah, the responsibility totally. on them. Yeah. And you know so that they should be successful because 
when you go from like aligners to a holly, hollies work great. They're like the gold standard of retainers because they hold the teeth in position, but they also let extrusion and you can rotate and you can put mm. springs on them and all that jazz, like you said. But your confidence level, what's your confidence level that you're going to go from like, you're kind of going back to like the braces of retainers, so to speak. Yeah, like now now they're not going to wear them. So it's like, does it do good even if it's better than theoretically, which it, a lot of studies showed that like every single retainer works and they work yeah. well. It's yeah. just which patients have to do it and which yeah. one do you prefer to use in your practice? Exactly. And, and to that point, I mean, we have a lot of families that are, um, you know, split homes or cottages yeah. and whatever. So set them up for success, give them multiples, don't hold back and just give them one because you're saving costs. Yes. That doesn't, that will not save you costs. No. They will be back in there with lost things and emergency visits. So if you know, uh, at the new patient exam or at some point during treatment, they have different homes, they yeah. need retainers and products in each home to be successful. Yeah. Um, I'm not Absolutely. saying you have to order duplicate aligners, but <laughs> Make sure That'd they, nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah, make sure they, that's what we do. Everybody as a baseline gets at least two um, Essexes, if that's what we're doing. And then they have the option to pay for the Viveras at the end. So the Essexes are included. They get two okay. sets. If they want to pay for the Viveras, then uh, we charge just what the line charges us. So it's like 400 bucks and that gets yeah. them four sets. And then no matter what though, we don't just give them one because there's been too many sad stories I've heard about people only getting one and then losing it and then they're screwed. Yeah. And, and I would also say, don't forget about your population. Cause a lot of them, a lot of you, uh, our audiences, GPs, um, your population who have fantastic teeth, who are in their, in your hygiene chairs for recalls or in for fillings because aging, obviously, you know, you start to shift, even if you have beautiful teeth, teeth mm -hmm. start to shift in that direction. So educate them that, Hey, you know, why don't you hold what you have now before it relapses, before you become my next Invisalign patient and you end up with a retainer anyways. Yeah. It's very preventative um, and it's also like another source of income, whatever you decide to charge. And, you know, to that to that end, um, a value path for our Invisalign patients. You can just e-blast this stuff out. You already have their contact just saying, mm -hmm. hey, you yeah. know, it's been two years, four years, whatever, since your last visit. Um, we have this special on or whatever, whatever yeah, your thing exactly. is a great way to keep in touch and uh, stay top of mind and protect your investment of yes. all these treatment plans that we're spending <laughs> hours on coming up with together totally. and your team is delivering and they're wearing it. So protect their smile um, with retainers. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, fun chatting again, Kelly. This is always right. the, one of the best parts of my month. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. We'll see you next month and we'll have to come up with another topic. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Okay. Take care. Enjoy your day. You too. <laughs> Bye.